Naperville is home to hundreds, if not thousands, of stories. As time goes by, some of those stories are lost to us. One of NCTV 17's missions is to capture, tell, and preserve as many of those stories as possible. Sometimes they're the story of someone whose accomplishments should never be forgotten. Other times they're stories of a time and a place that reflect who we are and where we've come from. And sometimes the stories may seem small, but on closer examination, they tell us almost everything we need to know about family, community, and even country. These stories are available on the NCTV 17 website as they were originally intended as visual media. By putting these documentaries online as a podcast, we've stripped these stories of the visuals that help to tell them, a photograph from the time, or a lower third graphic to let you know who is speaking. And yet the stories still work by simply listening alone. Let the sounds of these documentaries open up before you and learn more about the people and places that helped make Naperville the community it is today. Show. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, dude, I'm looking all over for you. Let's go. But then that's like the first day of Hanukkah, so then they moved it back. Here's my what other hand. Wait. <laughs> you guys look incredible, so be awesome on stage. And without further ado, Beauty and the Beast. Oh, 
200 kids registered for Beauty and the Beast and because of that mission statement every child center stage I have to look at it and I have about 10 principal roles so splitting that 10 principal roles up that's 20 casts we ended up with 21 casts of Beauty and the Beast so filling all those principal parts we have 22 different bells and 22 different beasts what did you say we'll see about that and then when they weren't their principal part, they played the supporting parts in that. When your show is done, you need to come back and vocally support the other principal actors. They also help backstage on quick costume changes because now they've done the show, they know when that costume change is. And I'll be at your entrances whenever I can and I'll make sure you're there. What they need to do, where their entrances are. You can get a role here and only rehearse like four or five times before you go on. I'm trying to remember my line. When did you get the script? Two days ago? No, I got the script at school. They sent it to me. Did, did you look at your lines? I didn't look at my lines. Oh no! What are you doing? You are such a dork. So before shows we always help each other and if someone's nervous or having trouble with their lines then we always get together and help each other. Then waltzing. Yeah, we'll be here again, oh, we'll be here again. We'll go waltzing those old oh, one, two, threes. Do I turn around the library? No, you don't do anything with the set. Oh, I don't do anything with the library? I don't turn around. No, because I'm Madison Gillis, and I played the Beast Anime Ensemble in Beauty and the Beast. Forever? Forever he dies in the dungeon! That's not fair! Wait, how is the light? Make a choice. <gasps> Madison was born to be on stage. She would be one that I'd say there are kids that I put on stage to try and bring something out of them, blossom them. Please, no thank you. Madison was born blossomed. She is a wonderful performer, always gives 100%. I was eight years old and my friend Emma was in a show um, called The Magical World of Toys and I remember I saw her and I was just like, oh my God, I want to do that so bad. In my first show I was Mother Nature and Nature Calls and I sang I Am Woman when I was eight years old. So I was like, my moment when I learned that I love to like act and stuff and I've been in tons of different shows. I've been in George M which is an entire tap show. Alice in Wonderland which is all lines. The last one I did was 13 and I was Malcolm and I've just played an array of things but um, I love it here. It's awesome. She's one I could always look to and going I, I trust Madison. Bye, I love you. Oh, you did a great job, sweetie. Yeah. Oh, I love, love you too. Thank you so much for coming. It's a little crazy. We have about 45 minutes in between shows to say goodbye to one cast and get another cast ready to perform. Getting their costumes ready, putting on their makeup. It requires a lot of manpower, a lot of stamina. And as the director of Center Stage and of the show, I have to be the first to stay strong, even though I may want to sit down and and uh, collapse, I've got to be the leader of that and make sure everybody is ready to go for the next show. Be aggressive, be the playboy, be the George, the and Cogsworth, you cannot stand him! Drives you crazy! <laughs> and then it's funny. Of course we'll help you, Maurice. We'll help you. Thank you. Out! <laughs>
and Alex brothers played the same role, which caused a little turbulence I hear in their home, a little sibling rivalry of who was better. And it was interesting that they had to work through that because, you know, they realized even though at first they were very protective of their role and how they wanted to play it, they realized that, you know, both were really supportive of each other. And so I worked with him at home a lot. And so we'll go in like other rooms and like go over the songs as a group. But I guess it did cause a little stir in the very beginning in that house. They really are very free on stage to try almost anything. So if you ask them, you know, this is a boisterous time for Gaston, he should be uh, conceited. They, they understand that and they're able to portray that in a very comical way. Alex started a year ago and has performed in that year with us seven to eight shows. So in a very short period of time at Kids Cabaret, you can, you can really strengthen your resume, strengthen the quality of your work because of the amount of shows that we do here and the amount of opportunities we give kids. Oh no. Hey guys, five minutes. Thank you, five. Oh, that's what's the tie there? Oh. Yeah. Five minutes. My name is Megan Lipsky and I played Lumiere. You should start talking with your French accent and your accent. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> I, I talk in accent now. Megan Lipsky is one of our finest actors. Her first show with us some eight years ago when she was maybe in the third grade was Laugh Back to the 60s. Harry gave his gal a mink stole for her birthday. A mink stole? Well, maybe it wasn't mink, but I'm pretty sure it stole. This was a really fun show for Megan to just play a lot of different characters because this is a takeoff on Laugh In from the 60s. And I remember her just shining on stage, singing My Boyfriend's Back. She was one of the girls pining for the old teen idol, Johnny Angel. After my show, I always look back on how I did, and I'm always like, oh, if I had one more show, I could improve on this. But I always, my one show that I get, I always try to make it the best that I can since I only have one chance at it. I can't. You what? What are you afraid of? I started Kids Cab around four years ago in January and it has just helped me be way more comfortable on the stage and like I can improvise more if things go wrong. It's just given me so much confidence and I just love being here. I could never be away for very long. Dan Brennan came back having performed The Beast at another theater about a year and a half ago. He's one of our college finest. He came in and did How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. 
At the same time, I cast him in a supporting role in one of my senior productions of Mice and Men. It's not a boy. Orphans are boys. I'm sorry, you just said orphans, so I chose a girl. Well, I suppose you'll have to do. He performed Warbucks in about 14 of my Annie shows. And I see the shimmer of Times Square, the pulse. And since then, Dan has been my right-hand guy. He's performed in, I would say, nearly every show we've done. A big, tall, terrible giant with a terrible war. I remember one time he said he had to go home. His mom had asked that he go home. And I'm like, why? He goes, she really wants me to come home for dinner. <laughs> and I realized how much I had been occupying his time. Just look, I'm in college. I'm back for just one weekend to do it. She's so beautiful and I'm... Oh, look. Yes, boy. <laughs> so he came back and went through one rehearsal, but being a very fine-tuned actor, it was a really magnificent show. Casey Coleman played uh, Belle. She was one of our original Kids Cap Kids. In the other cast, they would switch out the Beast and the Prince, and they would be two different people. But we had been thinking all day of ways of me to do that. We could try it. I mean, it shouldn't well, take me too long. Well, the pants, yeah. the fur you really wouldn't see. It's really quick. He's behind the gate, and then he goes down. Then take off the fur. you got to get this off and these off. That's probably easy. All right. I'm, I'm guaranteed. Yeah, let's try it. I mean, the whole show's winging it. <laughs> well, don't say that. We're not winging it. I had a little chunk of time where I took off the makeup. The next time he came on, he was able to block his face so we wouldn't see it as an audience. And we made all of my fur pieces um, easier to remove so I could do it in the fog and in the darkness. So when he did die and transform back into the prince, the audience was in awe that it was him. That really was magic. Oh, Master, allow me to explain. The gentleman was set upon by wolves. Who on ahead? No, Master, may I take this opportunity to say that I was against it from the start? You are. You are. Yeah. Who did the baby? Oh, dear. You are betraying me. Well, Johnny Hicks came to me at New Year's Eve now two years ago. Uh, we were performing Hairspray at the time, and he and his parents were there. Uh, saw an advertisement in the paper and came and saw Hairspray. And this is a very passionate, energetic kid who happens to have autism and is deaf in both ears, wears hearing aids in both ears. Okay, kick off. All right, you want me to get it out of here? Yeah. All right. All right. What did I 
I put him to work. Uh, he helped me strike the set and, and was just a very great kid. And his mom asked about our program and I said Johnny, of course, could join, that there were no auditions. And she just couldn't believe that there would be a place for him at our organization. And he came and did Schoolhouse Rock. Let's start with what you think. Yeah, I'm going to turn the I'm up on my concrete to lay on the internet. Okay, but... <laughs> Dee created a character. He wanted to be Darth Vader. And that part does not exist in Schoolhouse Rock, but we created something for him to be able to, a commercial, and Darth Vader was doing a coffee commercial in it. And it was funny, and he did a great job. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Augustus, how does it make you feel to be the first gold ticket minder? The next show he did was Willy Wonka. Well, now we gave him, I mean, now here's a part. This is your part, Johnny, and he played Augustus Gloop. I put my daughter as his mother. Megan's been with us since the beginning. She's one of the senior directors here. Then dinner. Of course, it's a meal of the day. She understood what she needed to do and she guided Johnny and that audience was blown away by his performance because when he knew what to sing, which his one line was, I eat more, he sang it with complete strength and passion. Johnny took the summer off and came back to us for Beauty and the Beast and came up to me and said, and I'll paraphrase how he said it because it's just, he came up to me and said, I, I want to be the Beast. And I said, oh, Johnny, that's, that's a big part. And I thought about it and I said, oh, he should be the Beast. It's what he wants. And he has that passion for it. Johnny, I am now the cheese seller. Oh, no! <laughs> well, so you admit you're being a bully. Deep breaths, master, deep breaths. I do one more thing. If you go on, come, 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 He'll only like forget in some cases, but on stage, I'm sure he'll know it, given the line beforehand, but he knows it. He's really good at it. God, I'm gonna bore. I know you're bored, but you have to sit back I, there. I'm hungry. What do you want? Cheeto. Cheetos? Cheetos? Well, we have. Hot, I don't know if I have Cheetos. We have hot Cheeto. How about Chex Mix or something? No. I'll look. Thank you. Now the way he could be successful with this is for me to pad the show with my senior kids. Casey Coleman again was his belle. Dan Brennan played Gaston. You're your bad guy. No, you're a bad guy. No, yeah. you're not your bad guy, you're no, bad guy. I'm the bad guy, you got me. Megan Hill was LeFou. And these characters guided him and would have to maybe somehow help him with his exits. I just couldn't have been prouder of that moment.
stayed focused on what he needed to do because of the practice time that he did have, that he knew what he had to get accomplished. I supported him right off stage. So if this is where Johnny is, I was right here. never would have gotten beast. Candy was running around with him backstage the entire show and no other place would have taken that energy. Say your lines. Tonight, tonight. No, that's not your line. Tonight's the night, Lumiere says that. The night you confess your love. I can't, can I do this? You must. I can't. You must, master. What are you afraid of? He was shy, but I've definitely seen him grow. He's definitely more open to all of us, you know. If someone tells him he does a good job instead of just walking, he'll, you know, talk to you and say thank you. You know, he's become so much sweeter of a person from what I've seen. He's so much more open with all of us. He's going to help you do that change when you come off stage. He's going to put your jacket on. You can't give me a pop. Yeah, Candy's getting you pop. Good. You deserve it after Act One, yeah. okay? Yeah. He wants to call a Chinese guy. I'm so hungry, man. What's that? He wants to order Chinese food. Oh, we can't because we still have Act Two. You got to get the girl. Or maybe, maybe after? After. We'll tell Mom that you deserve no, it. I, I want the order for me. Okay, you know what? I'll go talk to Candy. Go order me pork fried rice to be delivered. <laughs> you can't understand a lot of what Johnny says. So the characters on stage would have to maybe repeat what he said in a way through their character. good? Beast was closed up and he didn't have like a place that was his home. We have something in common, you and I. Back where I come from, the people think I'm odd. So I know what it feels like to be different. And I know how lonely you can get. For the third time, Arthur drew forth the sword. And there he opened up to Belle and I feel like Johnny relates to that because he opened up to Kids Cab and he's home here. And we all love him so much. I'm tearing up. <laughs> and we all love him so much and we're so glad he came. When people ask me and say to me, well, you just changed that young man's life, I think I did in a way. I think Johnny changed ours much more. I think he changed every actor on stage. I think they all realized how blessed they are and how lucky they are, how hard Johnny has to work in order to simply belong to society where they take that for granted. I think Johnny changed us much more, changed the audience, changed all of us. Johnny 
is Johnny. He has that passion and energy and will always have that and he always brings 100% to whatever he does and we can learn a lot from him. Get a good job. Yeah. It worked very well with you. Yeah. It does. He's a good beast. I wasn't really acting. I'm hot. Yeah, I know you're oh, hot. Oh, yeah, hot. We had to go outside, and he's got Chinese waiting for him. He brought me out of uh, pork fried rice. Some people get flowers, you get pork fried rice. This is all for you. No, uh, uh, please. Had to be, I know it's for you. No, that's for candy. We made it through 21 shows of Beauty and the Beast, and on that 21st show, without anybody having to miss, our poor little Belle, Claire Santos, fell ill. Well, my sister got sick, so I probably got it from her at the week before the show. So we added a show on the 27th with a cast that we just chose from different casts because a lot of people now were on holiday break and create a Beauty and the Beast for this Belle. which was extremely important. She was my youngest Belle in the junior high cast. She was only 10. My heart's far, far away, home's alive. What a gift to return to the life that I knew She's a wonderful director to me, and she gave me this part and she rescheduled it and it's like she has to be well and it's just wonderful that she did that. I basically sent out an email requesting that they come back and whether it was Lumiere, Cogsworth, The Beast, to support Claire and her show. That day, the kids started showing up for the show and I was in my office and we had about maybe a half an hour before showtime and one of my assistant directors came back and said, we don't have a Cogsworth. And I said, well, there has to be somebody here who played Cogsworth. And we found out that there was no other Cogsworth here and I realized that the Cogsworth I had asked had gone on vacation. Could Jordan, she really could play it, or do I need to play it? You, you know it? I'm sure I know it. God, right, I've heard this show 21 times. That'd be fun. That would be scary. And because I didn't want to put anybody on stage who wasn't 100% prepared, probably because I'd get mad at them for messing up Claire's show. Could I do it, do you think? You're the best one. We talked about this. I gotta come and see you. Remember That's we talked about this on the heads up? You have to. You have to. I'll be, I'll do script. How about get me a script? <laughs> I reluctantly got out of my desk. I had to come back and see this one time. Four o'clock! Went quietly backstage and found the Cogsworth costume and put it on and got a script and reviewed. Lumiere, I insist that we get him out of here. This has gone far enough. 
Do you have any idea? Uh, sorry. Do you have any idea of what the maps are? It is going to be great. She is awesome. She probably already knows all the lines. It's just going to be hilarious. Do you have any idea what the master will do if he finds out? Calm yourself, And I thought to myself, what I usually tell my kids is that they have complete control on stage, that they can figure it out. They can make it happen. Even if a line is dropped, you can fix it. So I thought I'd better see if I can walk the walk, and uh, I became Claire's Cogsworth. One, two, three. Yeah. Luckily, it was not uh, the part of Belle. I probably would have had a lot harder time pulling that part off. Cogsworth, an old stodgy Englishman, was pretty easy to pull off. And it was fun to play opposite, you know, Megan Lipsky. She was my Lumiere. Please spare me the stupid part. Oh, leave me and I forgot You know, I rehearsed this show for three months with 21 casts. If anybody was going to know these lines, it was going to be me. Hello? Is anyone here? wasn't to say I, I didn't, in between each scene, go back and look at the, the scene to come. I, I, I'm the one that directed it. I know the blocking. I was very confident that I could do it. I still was nervous. It was fun to, to look at them and connect with them on stage in that atmosphere. My dad, the way he raised his kids was he put the notion in us that we were born for something more than average, that we were Bowen children. Well, I went to a very small high school. My sister was two years older and she was musically inclined, so I was introduced to the musical teacher there and I became sort of his teacher's pet, which I didn't mind being. His name was Mr. Ring. I definitely think of him when I work with kids. What he gave me was confidence, and he gave me self-esteem and allowed me to believe in myself.
junior year I was Mother Superior in Sound of Music and senior year I was Reno Sweeney in Anything Goes. I felt like a star in high school. It allowed me to go to college and study theater where I realized I was not the only one that had talent. After high school, I went to Bradley University, signed up to be in the voice department. I started studying opera, which I had never done before. I got involved in the theater department, performed My Fair Lady my senior year there. I was Eliza Doolittle and a pinnacle role for me. Perfect for my voice, it matched, I loved the character, I worked really hard on dialect, uh, getting the Cockney accent. Hey. I. Oddly enough, I was able to portray Eliza Doodle one more time 10 years later. Really inspired the name, the production company of Kids Cabaret, which is Fair Lady Productions. Owned it, loved it, both times I did it, and um, you know, it was one of a highlight of my career. So when I graduated from Bradley, I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in New York City. I auditioned to get more theatrical experience because as I said, I just minored in that. And so I studied theater in New York City. And from New York City, I was in the Dallas premiere of Is There Life After High School. While I was in Dallas, I performed at a children's theater in Arlington, Texas, and got Best Actress doing Alice in Wonderland. I fell down that big old rabbit hole chasing that talking rabbit.
celebration also was done at Theater Arlington, and this was kind of a unique Adam and Eve story, good versus evil. Scantily clothed Eve, interesting musical. From there I went to Los Angeles. I was working at the Richard Basehart Theater, which was just built, a very star-studded show. I really felt on the brink of making it. We were doing Little Mary Sunshine, which was directed by the director who directed Eileen Brennan on Broadway. I had a costumer, I had a makeup artist. I mean, it was a, a wonderful experience for me and I, I felt like my training had finally paid off. I was equity. I was in my element there. During the run of the show, I became pregnant, which was not gonna stop me. I knew I could do both. I could be a great mom and, and I could continue theater. They had to keep creating panels in the side of my costume because I got bigger and bigger, but I knew I could do it all. But during that run of Little Mary Sunshine, my mom um, fell ill with a brain aneurysm. I left the next morning um, dropping out of the show, telling him I didn't know if I'd, when I'd return. So my understudy went on. My mom, six weeks later, passed away. Two months later, I became a mom without my mom. And I hung up my acting boots. I said, that's it. I didn't want to go back. I wanted to be a mom. I, my mom was the best mom. And uh, she dedicated her life to being a mom. And I felt like my children deserved no less. So it definitely changed my attitude about it. I was hanging on by a thread anyway. And uh, it was all I could do to you know, make sure I was a, a good mom to my son, Ryan. And um, I have no regrets quitting theater at the time. I would think that she had the potential, but she chose to do family instead, which necessarily takes a big chunk out of her life and not the development of the, the other issues. And it really wasn't until my second child, Megan, was born, who was definitely born theatrical and, and full of life and passion. When I was in the fourth grade, um, I went to go audition at a local theater company and the piano player had never seen the song before. And so when she went to go play it, she messed up pretty badly. So I tried my hardest to do a good audition, but I knew as soon as I walked out that it was going to be 
not too good. So I came out really, my confidence was knocked down, crying and I was hugging my mom. But in theater, it's either you get it or you don't get it. So I said, this is ridiculous. And Megan, let's gather up as many kids as we can find. We found 18 of them who were willing to spend their summer with me. And I taught them what I know of theater. I taught them professionalism. I taught them that it was a cabaret, strictly cabaret. Well, my first show was the Manhattan Review, which was done in my backyard. I had been working with NCTV for about five years at the time, and I asked them to come and tape it. was the Manhattan Review, which was about World War II and, and songs from that generation and costume and built a set, which was professional. The west side, the north side, and the south side. We had it mic'd and lighted and sound and put the piano in my backyard. And it was a lot of, you know, neighborhood friends just having a good time and really learning the passion for theater, I think, was learned at a younger age that a lot of kids don't develop. They more develop a technique, but with Kids Cabaret and those group of kids that started it, we really learned the passion and the fun side of theater. That first show for me was the basis for continuing. Don't worry, we're not going to call the whole thing off, but we are going to take a five-minute intermission. The kids actually came to me um, and said, can we do another show? And Crossroads Theater had just opened up in downtown Naperville and I called them and said, I have a children's theater. And they'd even sounded kind of funny to say, but we had 18 kids who wanted to participate in this. But this time the kids said, would you write us lines? Would you write us a story instead of just singing? And I kind of thought about it, I dreamt about it, and I came up with the magical world of toys. Let's go, people. Santa will be here any minute, and we're the entertainment for the send-off party. <coughs> we have to come up with an act that will knock Santa's socks off? Geez, are you sure you want to do that? Santa does have some smelly old socks. I wrote my own shows because we didn't have any money in order to go buy the rights to shows. Um, and I didn't care for the shows that I saw uh, because I felt like they wrote down to kids. So the other way I can teach kids things about theater is teach them history. So I write decade shows. So the 60s, uh, you couldn't probably find a better show that depicts the 60s than Laugh-In. It's been almost 30 years since our last show. Does the audience know it's not the 60s? Looks like he never left. <laughs> what about her? The 70s is the Electric Express. The 80s is my best friend's an alien. Hey, you gotta do what you can. Don't worry. 
The 50s was Pop's Malt Shop, and the 40s was Sentimental Journey. My first show I ever wrote was Magical World of Toys. Typical toys that you would see on the shelf at a toy store, and the magical queen fairy comes in on Christmas Eve and puts a spell on the store and has all the toys come to life one night before they go off to their homes. And we made our costumes. I had Mrs. Potato Head in it and G.I. Joe and uh, Baby in a High Chair. Groovy reindeer were in it, a clown. So we did pay him to perform there, but we needed to look for rehearsal space. NCTV allowed us to rehearse there while we were looking. And then we found what I call the bomb shelter, empty warehouse behind Naperville North. And we rehearsed there for about a year. Horrible conditions, no air conditioning, just a big cinder block space, but it was our space. I remember paying $2,000 a month in rent and thought, this is the beginning of the failure of Kids Cabaret because I'll never be able to sustain that. We felt we grew so much because we had a space that we literally did need to find new space. And we came over here to Quincy, which we, I signed a lease for 5,000 square feet, which was about $5,000 a month. And again, when I signed that lease, I thought here is the end of Kids Cabaret because there's no way we'll be able to do this. But again, working really hard and believing in it and, and growing that as much as we possibly could and, and dedication from everybody who worked with us here. Donna Coleman really has dedicated her life here, 10 years. The Loves, Franca Morrow, Sheila Hoffman, Mary Kerbs, Beth Carter. I mean, these are people that, you know, believed in Kids Cabaret from the beginning and, and helped it grow. When we stayed in that space for about four more years, Center Stage Theater, this empty warehouse became available. And with the help of the Naperville SICA grant and other grants, the Illinois Arts Council, we were able to build out 10,000 square feet and build a theater. Well, they've come a long way since their first performance in a backyard. Now a popular Naperville children's performance group is celebrating the opening of its new theater. The kids perform about 120 shows each year, 
and with a new permanent theater to call their own, Hernandez says the group can focus more on performing rather than moving equipment to different venues. A lot of our energy was spent on renting U-Hauls, loading up the sets, taking them over to the hotels, unloading it and getting the kids on stage. Here they get to practice on their stage. They learn so much more about the experience. Named after the Kids Cab motto, Every Child Center Stage, this new theater allows each performer to truly feel like a star. Everybody pitched in and, and helped build out this space into this gorgeous theater, and it's grown ever since. And we're coming up to our third year opened here, and that's pretty incredible. Button your coats up, gentlemen. It's the 40s, they were neat. Your hat looks dumb. <laughs> we had five days uh, after Beauty and the Beast closed to put the pieces of the puzzle together for two shows, Tommy and Cinderella for our New Year's Eve show. Tonight is our chance, throw away all our cancers. We thought we had Had I stuck to my guns on being cut, I don't think I should have to point out who I'd be cutting. I just can't cut half the cast, because then, and I've already advertised Cinderella. So some of you need to step it up. Tonight, no partying, no going out. Sorry, can't help it. You guys put this off too long. You've got to get the lines done really tight. Tempers were on edge because it was a it was a big undertaking. Do you guys remember what I, I know? Tommy's longer tomorrow than Cinderella, correct? If it needs to stay later than six, plan on it. Don't plan on walking out of here at six o'clock if it's if there's numbers that aren't good. I want tomorrow to be a great run through. is going on right here. This show really doesn't make a ton of sense. So you have to give them the subtext to it. You have to be able to, uh, this has a, a religious kind of content, a born again, if you will. The time period was very exhausting. The college kids are back now from school trying to see family, friends. They have a very limited time that they're back. And we're in a very stressful time period in that five days. You're an army man. This is awful. Awesome. You're army. I already have an army hat. You're army. That's why I kept saying stand at a salute. Cap. You're going to put the one with the flashlight on it? Yeah. No, I'm going to need it. 
What do you think? This will be for me after New Year's Eve. <laughs> the day before the New Year's Eve show, we loaded all the set pieces and costume into a U-Haul. focus in rehearsal over at the Hyatt was Tommy. I was waiting at the door. This place is sacred as a temple. One, two, three, I'm We were trying to get the music ready. It skips. What? In number six. Okay. Then just try from the beginning again and just let it skip until he fixes it. Tommy, can you see me? It was a huge undertaking. Big dance show that was choreographed by Megan Hill. They should be even middle. Tommy. Instead of doing the circle thing, just like a ho oh, ho exit, we're making fun of Andrew kind of thing. Okay. What no, a way to go. It was just a, a huge orchestration to try and get all of those pieces put together to present on the New Year's Eve. to do is get some very specific Arby meals and then get maybe 25 generic sandwiches to supplement these kids diet and this is important to their well-being well absolutely these kids work hard for a long period of time and uh, candy drives them you've seen that and they need an opportunity to take a break grab a sandwich, grab a Coke, whatever they drink, and then they can press on, because none of them plan for this type of thing. So now we're going to, we're trying to supplement that whole issue. Okay, got it. We got it? Yes, thank you. You're welcome. Bye. All of this stuff, I've heard so many parents look at candy and say, what you have done for my kid. And of course, Candy says, well, you're doing nothing for them. I mean, they're doing it all themselves. It's a mixture of, of 
that innocence and that experience that Candy's got, and um, it comes off very, very neat. And we recognize that importance, and we are in the process of trying to feed the cast. Tommy, we finished rehearsing Tommy at about 2.30, 3 o'clock that afternoon on New Year's Eve, and I had to dismiss the Cinderella kids because they had to go get in makeup uh, and costumes for Cinderella. We had to get that stage ready. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> no, there's just a spot on the dress that I'm trying to make less visible. I know. And then your mom tried to fix it because it was too small, and so it's got red all over it. Jesse Coleman was Cinderella, and Jesse is a senior at Oregon State University. She's the queen at Kids Cabaret, if you will. She was the mother hen at Kids Cabaret. She was one of our oldest when we were original in my backyard. We can chase that Jesse couldn't stand singing it. She hated it, hates it to this day. <laughs> I tease her about it. Jesse was born elegant to be on stage. She's a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. She's fantastic, made of plastic. Don't mind the Barbie. I wish I could make them understand how hard it is to be me. Always perfect. My nails painted, my hair just so. I wish I could make them see the real me. She was the quarterback. She's the one that um, maybe wasn't the star quarterback. She was the one that allowed everybody else to be a star. great loss when she went away to school, having to have other people fill her shoes. And I'm not sure if anybody ever really did um, in different ways, but you know, Jessie's one that you could, you could rely on. She was old faithful. It's not your Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella. It's really quirky and fun. Take your time. You have to woo her. Find a way to see 
went through her. Go downstairs and find a miss. But fool her with your hugs and kisses. You can't have her without her. Find romantic things about her. She's a joy. She's a flower. One look ought to do it. You must think ours. Then your bit. But be refined. Make it quick. I pour some wine. Oh, yes, the wine. Oh, oh. yes. It was a great show. They did really good. They were probably exhausted. What if we just match each other? I agree. I'm done. Let's read. I know. I'm tired. Within about an hour time period, now we're getting ready to perform Tommy. We should go over some stuff. Like what? What's the most important? Act two. Did we do every song in Act two? Yeah. I feel the like finale we need to go over because it's different. No, I know. So you need to do it because it'll look good. Go get it right I found the command all the time. Tommy needs to be on stage. We need to go over stuff. Tommy, the whole show of Tommy, cast of Tommy. In between Cinderella and Tommy, we were running a few of the Tommy numbers. We had a little bit of time to do that. And Chris wanted to run the last number and he was struggling with hearing a pitch. You could do it. We didn't know it at that time, but it was in a different key. And so we were trying to sing like what we had practiced. Like it just wasn't sounding right. And I was getting really frustrated with myself because I couldn't figure it out. But like I didn't know that it was in a different key. Go back. I want you to do it from Heal Me, See Me, though. I want you to get up there and sing it, and then, because I think that's your problem. You're in falsetto way up there. And he was struggling hearing it, and I wanted him to hear this top note, and we went over it and over it, and I was leery of letting Chris make that call all by himself because he really couldn't hear it. You're still there? I see the glory. Do you not like that? I don't mind it. If you sell it, okay. 
we needed to hear it. We needed to be on pitch. I mean, this is a rock opera. Pitch is everything in this show. He was taking that falsetto up the first time. That's terrible. He, he doesn't believe me. But he worked hard at hearing it. And at the last time, I think he did get it. I would love to hear you stay up on it. What? Too many people can sing up there. Freddie, like the queen, up there. Okay. I sing to you. I I think it sounds good. Up. I just wanted to sound in a different way, but it, it ended up working out, and we we figured it out. But I was a little nervous for the show and if I was going to be able to hit that or not. Right behind you. Yes. I see the queen. Chris had to trust me to, to do what I asked of him, even though maybe he didn't understand it, wanted to go a different direction. And, and you know, with very little time, you have to shut it down as a director and say, we don't have time to explore this. You, I know what will work, and you have to believe in me. It sounds good. It keeps you up there. You're the, you're the primary vocalist. Live theater, anything could go wrong. Uh, and there's a lot that, that could have gone wrong with that show. So it was a lot of holding your breath. I don't think I relaxed at all until the end of that last show. I've never actually practice spotlighting the show before. I've never seen what the lights are going to be like, so I really have no idea how this is going to come together. So wish me luck. I'm going to need it. I'm a little scared. Just about. I'm waiting for the signal now. Ready.
there were a lot of kids in the audience too, and so they weren't as receptive to the, because it's a mature show. Captain Walker, after much consideration on the grounds of justifiable homicide, this court finds you not guilty. Pretty mature show with some mature material and deep themes. It's interesting because we started out like doing Grease and Wizard of Oz, but I think letting us do more mature shows as we get older, you know, it's kind of more natural. We'll like rent some of the most mature material out there and we're dropping F-bombs and talking about diseases and like we wouldn't have done rent way back when, when we started, but the fact that uh, we're maturing as a company. Keep looking over there. Where? You know, we're going to give you these to help you mature as actors and as singers. I did theater in middle school and my mom wanted me to like get involved a little bit more and like find a summer theater and one of my neighbors was like, oh, Kids Cabaret is this fun place that you can go. So I went there. Hey, Kaniki, what's hey, hey, Kaniki. The only thing hanging around you guys flies. What you got in the back? I'll trade you half a sardine. Get away from here with that dog food. You ain't messing, you ain't messing up my stomach with none of that crap. Grease was a show, so and it's a big dance show, so we had like a first week like boot camp thing. So the choreographer had asked to really push the envelope. Let's do some pirouettes. Let's do some pas de berets. Let's do things that we normally wouldn't do. Oh, I hated it so much. So on Tuesday, I just didn't go back. And Chris left and quit the show because he said he, he's not a dancer. And then Candy called my house, called my mom, and my mom was like, like, Christopher, do you, do you want to do this still? And I was like, no. And like, I didn't talk to Candy on the phone. And then, so she just told Candy, like, oh, I don't think he's that interested. And then Candy called back a second time, talked to me, and um, had the cast sing You're the One That I Want over the phone to me. I gave it a gave it a second try, went back on Wednesday and been here ever since. He had to learn and now that he has learned, he teaches dance. He's he's an excellent dancer and we laugh about that.
worked here. I was a camp counselor, and I played Ren in Footloose. And then the summer after that was my fourth summer, and that was when I went all out and I played Link in Hairspray. I played Nick in Fame. I played one of the gay dads in Spelling Bee, and I played Jafar in Aladdin. If we, if we have something in the show and one of us just does something goofy on stage, Candy's like, I want that, keep that. And I think the biggest one for me was for Oliver. You know, we tried to choreograph reviewing the situation, which is such a long song. And Candy was like, all right, like I trust you guys. We're gonna close the curtain and you're just gonna be in the audience and just do what you do. That was the best performance, I think, one of the best performances I've ever had. They loved it, you know, it was, it was great. And just the fact that, you know, we, we would never affect the show in a negative way. I love that, that we make the shows our own. And that's why I think people like to come see it, is because there's always little things and surprises that you just don't know we're coming, and they, they happen. Last summer, I played Roger in Rent and Archie and Malcolm in 13, and then uh, Tommy. You feel me coming, a new vibration from a fire CB. My name is Van Hoffman and I've been at Kids Camp for nine years. Savannah is one that her mom will say, um, that was a girl that did not speak. Well, I used to be really shy, like I would not talk to anyone. I would have to like whisper things for you to hear me. And it took me like about a year to break out of that shell once I started Kids Camp. Uh, it didn't take much for me to get her to talk.
she just played Mimi in Rent. I think when I get to see my students grow up with me and with our organization, I literally get to watch them blossom. She's very successful at Wabanzi High School and her show choir, they're nationally recognized. When you hear parents talk, for the most part, you know that they feel Kids Cabaret helped transform their child to be successful in high school. And that's what I, I wanted this to do more than anything. Kids Cabaret like built my confidence to where I knew like I could go on stage and if I make a fool of myself, like that's okay. It's okay to like make mistakes and that's what they try to teach you. So it's it's nice to go into high school like thinking that and like knowing that you don't have to be put down all the time and you can get something if you like really work for it. I loved my high school years. And if you go through high school not belonging, I think that sets you up for failure in life. And I want our kids to feel like they belong at high school. And if they, if they don't, it doesn't mean they'll make everything that they do, but they need to feel confident that they can try out for things in high school. Because when they don't get into it, they can always come back and be in a show here with me. But I want them to get out there and start trying things and start becoming involved in their, in their school. I think that's key to being successful in college. And, and years after college. Right behind you, I see the millions on you. you a lot of my friends were in this. I've never done a kids' cap show before, so they all, they offered me, hey, come do the show. And I said, oh, okay, I'll see what happens. So I auditioned for it, I sent in a video. When I'm hugging Chris, I'm like, hey, what can I sing? <laughs> <laughs> He's like singing in my- This is a second home to a lot of kids. And Jackson saw that from an audience and he was getting ready to go to University of Michigan. So she said, I'll send you the script, I'll send you the score. And so I got that in the mail, looked over it a couple times uh, at my dorm. Once I got here, it's just like rehearsal, rehearsal, rehearsal. And so it was all very fast moving right from when I got the score and the script to now. Kids Cab, it just seems like a lot of fun. It just is having a great time on stage with a bunch of people you know. It's not a high school show, clearly, because high school, honestly, we all look like we got sticks up our bums and we're all really tense. Watch this thing. become more attractive to students that have other training uh, that consider themselves very professional when you know you, this theater has allowed us to produce very professional productions. And so people want to be a part of it. Our kids are good.
think it turned out as best as we could do it, and it was, I, I really enjoyed how it went. You want it professional, you want it fine-tuned, and you should always be reaching for something else. As soon as you get perfection, you get boring to me. A few things, like, <laughs> I remember I was supposed to catch a balloon, and um, I missed that because <laughs> it was like too far out and I didn't want to look like dumb, like trying to reach for it. And that was, <laughs> that's the only thing I think that majorly went wrong and production-wise. Because I felt that passionate about this show, I certainly wanted my audience to feel the same. And I felt like we did do that, but man, I held my breath through it. Jackson came in and I knew of Jackson because in the high school theater, like we all know who's good at what schools. I think we kind of had a mutual respect for each other off the bat. At another company, I could have gone the entire show without talking to Jackson, but the, the nature of this company kind of brought us together. This boy. Good job, dude. Good job, man. It's a blast working with you. Hopefully. Your parents loved you. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Well, I can go talk to you. I definitely made a friend, and just that kind of atmosphere is what is so inviting about Kids Cabaret. Hopefully, do some more this summer, maybe? If I'm not working. Yeah. If you're not working? Yep, because uh, I may work. After Tommy and the close of it, uh, we danced. We celebrated and rang in 2012 together as a group, and it was a lot of fun. Josh Love grew up at this theater. Well, he was a little bunny rabbit in feisty festive tale. Peace on earth to all God creatures, big and small. So he's wearing 
so many layers and it's so hot and then he goes on stage under the lights so you can see him kind of wilting and he had a cold for his first show. Josh, you could say he was born with two left feet and he's worked it out to where he has a right foot and a left foot now. You really watch those young men grow up socially. I've watched him become a young man and, and that's nice. It's really helped me to talk to people more because I'm still rather quiet, but not definitely not as shy. It definitely would never have happened without Kids Cab. I mean, I love this place. He's here more than you guys? Uh, we're here more than he is when, because uh, we have the three age groups basically and he's usually just doing a one age group show, but Susan and I are here almost all the time. I doubt if Kids Cabaret would be what it is without the loves. They dedicate a lot of time. I would say they have their family time and then they have Kids Cab time and those, they, they couldn't have time for anything else. Ticket sales, spotlight, costuming, some in the office. Um, kind of whatever Candy needs, I, I try to jump in and do it. Uh, selling concessions before each show and then an intermission. One dollar for almost everything, including homemade goods. That makes the change a lot easier for me to make. A large selection. He helps build the sets and he runs the video camera and he gets into shows. If there's any efforts that go here, cleaning. I gotta go to work tomorrow and then come here. I'll let them, uh, I got a few other things to prepare. Uh, get concessions stocked for tomorrow. That's more important for me to do anyway. Since we joined, it's, it's just kind of taken over our lives completely and we can't help it though because if it didn't take over our lives, I don't, I don't know what I'd be doing. They are the most instrumental family involved at Kids Cab. Donna Coleman is right up there with her and, and like the other names I mentioned, but the loves say they do it because they love the kids. Josh is an only child and they, Josh is their, their life, uh, but they have a lot of room for more love to give and they do that through the Kids Cap Kids. The kids are a very positive group of kids and again, very supportive of each other and we really think that that has value in itself um, in our son's life. We have seen our child grow. We have seen our child grow in his ability to give speeches at school, and the kids are amazed by that. So I think that's gonna help him in public speaking. It's helped his confidence. It has helped him. He was never a kid who could play sports very well. He got, he got made fun of a lot because he, t-ball and stuff, he was never very good. But this always seemed to be a good fit for him, and we want to support that. And we see the other kids come in, the kids that maybe come in, and they don't even want to speak. And Candy can like coax them into saying one line, and one line only. And then by the second play or third play, they've not only got a monologue, but they've got a solo, and they're confident, and they're out there. And what it does for those kids is amazing. And we love that.
It's to empower kids. It's to give them the capability of knowing that they can accomplish anything. It completely changed me. My self-esteem went, it just increased so much and I was not comfortable, like definitely not comfortable on stage. This definitely brought out my outgoing personality in me. It's to give them a, a platform where they can work really hard at something and be great at it, where it can be a place where people believe in them. Be able to get parts that I never thought I would be able to, like leads that as soon as I did, I felt like I could do more and more, and it, it, it felt good being able to do this kind of stuff. I wanted to be the star. I wanted the lights on me. And I wanted other kids to feel that way. There definitely aren't as many opportunities at school. At school there's only one cast, there's only three or four leads. Kids Cap, everyone gets a chance to be center stage. I value what you can learn center stage and how that transforms your, your whole life. And for that reason, Kids Cabaret exists. she called me a second time was I think symbolism for her entire outlook on the company and everything and just like everyone deserves a chance and she called me a second time because she knows how much fun we have here and she wants that for us and that's why she keeps doing this you know that's why she created this the show really needs to fit the kid not the kid fitting the show Theater has a little bit different connotation and I'd love to change that in audiences and treat it more like a spectator sport. Like, you're watching growth here. So I often say if a child gets center stage before they even open their mouth, that's a home run. That's something that should be applauded. We look at art differently and, and it's so subjective and I would really love to change that viewpoint. Uh, and I think I, I do for the most part in our world here at Kids Cap. Kids Cabaret is being a part of a family, I think. That's a pretty good sentence for it, being a part of a family. Once you join Kids Cab, it's really like a tight-knit family and like everyone's just so welcoming. As long as you know we're all together, we're like a family here, you know, we have, it's like we have our uncles, brothers and sisters, we're all just connected here and it's, it's great. But you, yeah, don't belt it. You don't need to belt it. Candy's been like my second mother, you know, she's been 
in my life, involved in my life since before my freshman year of high school. My mother loved from her soul. So if you were loved by my mom, you were changed. And so I think about that when I love the kids here. Definitely when I love my own children. But when I support and hug and nurture kids here, I do it with her spirit in mind. And when I push kids and I tell kids they can do better and that they should never settle, I do that with my father in mind. You're welcome. I kind of see why she loves it so much. You know, is watching people just having so much fun. You know, that's why we come back. Just for candy, you know, that's, that's why we do it. Miss Gulch! Beautiful. You're good. This is a ridiculous look, but you still look cute. Do you have your wand? And you all go like this to Dorothy. Dorothy comes out of the house. What time is it? We should, well, why don't we open the house? Turn on the music. How are you guys doing? Five minutes! Ready to have a good show? Yeah. Hey, kids. Kids, kids, kids. We're at places now. Okay, right now. Thank you for entertaining them. Shh. Ready to go for the next show. Come on in. He's on down. He's on down the road. Come on in. He's on down. He's on down the road.